Today, we are having the performance conversation. This is getting to one of the last conversations actually in our planning and managing conversation section. And this is the one, you know, we talk about the ABC transition roadmap model and our ultimate goal is to get people to commit and continue on the change. So not just commit and then revert back to the old way, but to continue in the new way. And this performance conversation is key to that. And I think it's one of the conversations that doesn't happen enough. And so we're gonna chat about it today and give you some new ideas to have it and use it. And I completely agree. As I read this conversation, I, as I've read actually many of the conversations I've recognized and reflected back, oh, would have been really helpful if I had that conversation with my team or with team members before moving forward. But I think this one is, is really great. And, and you, I know you're going you're gonna to speak to this, but you call it the skill gap conversation, which I think is so valuable to just take that time to think through what are the skills that my team members, my team members need to have as we move forward with this change. Yes. And as I often say, change means you're going to need people to do something more, better, or different. And then you want to sustain and maintain that change and what they're doing more, better, or differently and reinforce that so that you get the benefits of whatever it was that you were trying to change. So this performance conversation, it serves two purposes. One, to identify the difference between the expected skills and behavior in the current state versus the future state. So that's the skill gap that you talk about. And the second one is to create reinforcement strategies to sustain those new skills and behavior. And as I said, realize the benefits of the change. So it's not just figuring out what the skill gap is and then filling that skill gap, like doing the training to teach people, whether it's a new system or new process or something, but what are the reinforcement strategies that you need to have in place to sustain the benefits of your change? And one of the last lines I put in, in the next steps of this conversation is to align your performance management system and your recruiting processes. So who are you bringing into your organization? Um, and are you bringing in the right people with the right skills, the right behaviors? Um, and then how are you measuring them and managing them so that you can reinforce what your expectations are and what the skills are that you have? And I have so many stars around that line and I've underlined it a couple of times because to me, what I've seen as most successful is yes, when you align it to performance management. So when you're having those conversations with your team members, when they're setting their goals and expectations for the year, you know, whatever your system looks like, if you're talking in those conversations, okay, your goal for this next year or throughout the year is that you're going to change this behavior. You're going to use this new system. That's something that you're going to be measured on. That is when people are actually going to really be invested in that change. Agree. And you remind me of a client I worked with at one point where we actually, we built new performance management metrics and goal, actual goals were like, here's the goals that you can put into your uh, goal setting forums and conversations for the year, not just the forums, you need to have the conversation and uh, aligned to this new, it was a new strategy that we were putting in place. And so we actually did the work to develop, well, what would the goals look like? How would people, how can they demonstrate this? How can they gain the skills around this um, so that they're starting to act and behave in the new way? And so taking the time to actually develop what those performance measures will be. And then actually, of course, measuring people against them. Uh, but that's something that I feel gets missed a lot in change. We just, 
we often do the training. The training usually happens, right? It's a new system. Okay, we got to train people on the new system. And then we, we stop there. And we need to take it that next step further of, and now how are we going to reinforce, coach, measure these folks um, in doing this so that we reinforce that new behavior we're looking for? And I think the great thing about that too is it then demonstrates to everyone across the organization how important this particular change is that you've taken the time to actually integrate it into the performance management structure. And then it also is, it's integrated across the whole organization. It's not just one group that's taking the time to focus on this. It's the whole organization that is now focusing on whatever this change is. And actually in my organization, I'm thinking about it now, we've We've got a, a new set of leadership principles that we're focused on, and this is exactly what we've done. It's been incorporated into everybody's performance management. There's a, a suite of eight of them, and people are, uh, what they have to do is identify at least one that they plan to learn about and improve on throughout that year. So it just, it gives you the incentive to do it. And I think that's important that you say there's eight new leadership principles but people have to pick one or one or maybe two, right? Because you can't just be, and now you need to do these eight new things because they also have day jobs and other activities that they also have to continue to do, right? So being selective of what are the things that you are gonna measure people on and how can you help them be successful in this new way that you want them to do things? And so Jen, we've talked about a couple of different areas here. On page 133 in the book, you've got a really great list of uh, some of the factors that people need to consider when they're thinking about uh, this conversation and what we've talked about. So maybe let's walk through, walk through those. We've mentioned some of them, but I think it's just nice to put them in a list. You know, I love a good list. So happy to go through it. Um, and these are the things. So when you're thinking about this overall performance conversation, what are the things that impact performance within our organization? And it may be all or some of these things. So the first one, and I mentioned it earlier, is recruiting and selection. So, and, and it starts, you really need to start this conversation with what is it, what is the new way, the new behavior, the new skills that we need people to have and creating that list. So are you trying to implement a new way of selling? Are you trying to implement a new way of servicing your clients? You want to bring in more of a customer service focus than perhaps whatever it was you were doing before. Um, defining what that new way is, is the first step. And then you can look through that lens and go, okay, are we recruiting and selecting the right people to bring into our organization that can have this? We have lots of people already in our organization. We'll have to assess them against that and where their skill gap is. But in many organizations, recruiting is an ongoing thing, activity. So what do we need to change about our recruiting and selection practices to align to this new way we want our organization to go? So the second then is role clarity. So providing really clear role responsibilities and accountabilities. So are they changing uh, based on where your, your new direction in your organization and what are they? Then of course, goals, as we just talked about. So this is where you can come up with what are the goals um, and priorities for our organization to help people then align their actions around those. Of course, you wanna consider the training. So offering the right training to build the new skills and behaviors performance measurement, as we talked about. So telling people how they're going to be measured and aligning the measures to the new way. So out with the old, in with the new. And then, you know, we talk about training and oftentimes the training does happen in some sort of big change initiative. Uh, but then 
what happens after the training? How is that reinforced? How are they going to be coached? How are they getting feedback? So what's your coaching and feedback um, model that you're going to use to support them in continuing to learn and adapt to this new change? And again, I think a piece that's often missed in organizations, you understand, okay, these are the new skills that my team need to learn. You go to an online training session as they are now, and then are expected to go ahead and use them. But you need that coaching and that feedback, you need the ongoing support. So I think it's great that this is something that we're thinking about in this conversation. What do people need and how can we keep it going with coaching? It's true, coaching and feedback and the support is the, is the next piece. You know, What are the support systems that are gonna be in place? Because as we all know, you go, you get some training, and you go back to your day job and you forget what that training was, or maybe it's not something you're using all the time and you forget how to do it. And so how do you continually reinforce it? How do you, we've talked before about how do you remove the old, right? Mm -hmm. Is there a new system that has to be taken away? Is there new, you've changed your company logo. How do you get rid of all the old logo gear? Um, a new sales system. How do you get rid of the old forms or whatever it is that supports that old sales system? So people can't revert back to the old way. And then the last, the last one in the list is consequences. So explaining what's in it for people, if they succeed or if they fail, like what are there going to be consequences for them not getting on board and doing things in the new way? So this is one of those conversations. It's an opportunity to gather input from those who are impacted. Um, it's really important for this conversation. You need to understand what they do now what's going to be different for them in the future and what's going to stay the same. So having those, you may have had some of these conversations in your what, when, and how conversation a while ago. Um, it's revisiting some of that, what's different in the processes, what's different in the tools they're using, um, the people they interact with perhaps, and things like that to really get a good picture of what are the new performance expectations. And I highlighted that aspect too of who you're having this conversation with, it's really important to be including the people that are going to be implementing the change, that it's not just the change leaders, the change management team, the HR team that's thinking about this, because I can, as a, as a somebody who works in a large organization, and a lot of the change often will come from the quote unquote head office, never fail. I see a mismatch between what the head office folks think the skills level is in the field compared to what it actually is. So you need to be talking to those people that will be implementing the change and managing through the change themselves to really understand what where their skill level is now and what the new skills are that they'll need to acquire for the change. I worked in an organization years ago where it was a uh, an insurance organization and they were implementing a new system for their sales force and this was a, I'm going to call them old school insurance sales force. So these mostly men at the time uh, met people in coffee shops and literally took notes on the like proverbial back of the napkin. And they implemented a new, quite a savvy CRM, customer relationship management system. Uh, so which required them all now to carry around laptops and have a laptop sitting in front of them while they met with their clients. Well, 
you can imagine how well that went over with these guys and their napkins. Uh, and so it was a big fail from at the beginning. Like they had to do a whole lot of backtracking um, to get people on board with this because they hadn't considered head office. We always say from there, hi, I'm here from head office and I'm here to help. You know, head office said, this is the way of the future. Well, the skill gap and the behavior gap and the expectation gap was huge between where they wanted to be in the future and where they were now. And it was too much of a leap. So it was a really going, okay, how are, what are the steps that we have to take to move this forward to get us where we need to go and get the benefit of this investment that we've just made? All right, so let's jump into some of the questions in this one. So we talked about who's involved. So um, Becky, you just mentioned like having those folks who are impacted most by the change, getting their input into that, as well as the other folks you need, right? You're gonna need probably your HR professionals um, to be looking at your performance management systems and some other folks who are involved in the change initiative to, to put together all the input. Um, one of the suggestions I have as well is to gather some background information. So. What are current role descriptions, organizational charts, um, performance management information that you already have um, for these roles that are gonna be impacted and changed? So then you start to look at a few different sets of questions. So first looking at what are the skill gap questions? So this is you know, my famous question of what do you need people to do more, better or differently to accomplish and achieve and commit and make this change happen? What are the current skills that are still going to be required? So it doesn't necessarily mean you're throwing, you know, baby out with the bathwater. There's still some skills that are going to be relevant. And then what skills or knowledge are no longer going to be required? And I think that's an important question as well. And one that you need to think about from, from the impact it will have on people. We, you talk earlier in the book about the loss that can sometimes come with change. And so perhaps, as you mentioned earlier with your insurance folks, one of their skills was building those relationships and being able to take down the really valuable notes on the back of a napkin and look people in an eye in the eye. And that's a skill that they've probably honed over the years that they may not necessarily need anymore. So there is going to be some loss associated with perhaps not having to use those skills that you've tried to develop. And especially, I mean, I've had this experience, I'm sure you have too. There's the, the one person in the office that can use the antiquated machine or the antiquated system, and that's what they're known for. And that's what they take real pride in. But then when you change that system or you get rid of that machine, it's a, it's a loss for them. I know we've had uh, our mother on this podcast before, Grandma Brenda. And mm -hmm. I can vividly remember when I was in young elementary school grade, I can't remember which, and Grandma Brenda was the head of the home and school as the PTA was called back then. And she would use the, uh, I'm gonna call it the mimeograph. I don't even know what the machine was called, but it was the photocopy machine where you had to put in like the carbon purple paper and then she would, you like crank the machine and around it would go and spit out all of these copies. And she knew how to work this machine and she knew how to like, if paper got caught, she knew how to fix it. So, you know, it's that old machine skill. It was a skill and very valuable skill at that time. Not needed these days. All right. So one of the things, and let me point out that, um, you know, to do this skill gap analysis, you can do what's called a job impact analysis. And I have a template for that. You can go to actionimpactmovement.com slash resources and look for the uh, resources, talking change resources from the book. And it is one of those resources that you can download 
um, for free off the website and, and use it for this conversation. All right, so a few other sets of questions to get into. So rule clarity questions, how are rules actually changing? Are there reporting lines that are changing? Responsibilities, expectations, behaviors. Um, and then getting into your measurement questions. What performance measures need to be in place to encourage the new behaviors or skills? So we've talked about that before, right? How do you need to realign your performance management system? Um, how are you going to communicate those new expectations? What's that going to look like? Remember, I think we talked last time in our communication planning conversation, it's not just a memo. Might be a memo, but it's going to be a few other things as well. Um, what information are going to be provided to people to help them develop priorities and goals aligned in the new way? So we talked about um, doing something like that, giving them something as well. And what are the consequences that are going to be put in place for success or failure? I think the other thing on measurement, and again, as I said, I, I really like how you talk about here, aligning it to performance management and, uh, and goal measurement, but also just the general measurement across the whole organization. And the example that I, that I often think of is, is in our organization where we um, were introducing a new intranet. And we were trying to encourage more people to use that online intranet tool. And so we tracked the usage. And we reported out to everybody on the usage, and we could we could go right down to um, uh, the level at the location and identified which locations were using it as often and had little contests. So that type of measurement we found was really helpful in encouraging people to uh, to use that new tool more and to make that change when we started sharing that measurement across the whole organization. All right, and then we get into, this is also where you have your, what training do we need to have conversations? So training and performance improvement questions. So when and how are we going to train people? What do we need to train them on? What are the new skills that we've identified that we need to do? And how are we going to teach them those new skills? What support is going to be in place after the fact? And how are we going to coach uh, people and provide them feedback to continually improve their performance? Then we talked earlier too about recruiting and selecting. Um, so some recruitment and selecting, selection questions. Um, one, do we have the right people in the roles to make this change successfully? And what do we need to change in our recruiting practices to, to now going forward, select the right candidates that are going to help us achieve this and sustain this change? And I think as I was going through this question, again, I've said many times, I love how all of the conversations are linked and build on each other. This one made me think a little bit about the are you on board conversation, which is uh, what one of the, the batch in the engagement series. And just for those people that might not necessarily be adapting to the change and may not want to continue to adapt to the change, thinking about how what conversation you want to have with them, um, because perhaps they're not the right person in the right role. Yes. And that's going to happen, right? You will have people who in this new world, does it make sense for them to be in that role anymore? And what does that conversation look like? And that is, as you referenced, uh, Becky, the are you on board conversation can help you with that. Great. And then lastly, those reinforcement questions. So once we've trained the people in the new way, as we said, how are you gonna to continue to help them improve? What reinforcement tactics will we need? That it might be ongoing training, coaching, performance measures, as we've talked about. And how are you actually going to implement those reinforcement tactics? And then what other people or um, HR processes need to change to reinforce, to reinforce the changes? That's a lot of change. And so you need to think about 
what are the processes that are going to be impacted by this? And do we need to make modifications to those? So if we want to measure people in a new way and we've put in new um, new um, expectations, so like your new leadership principles, well, do you need to now, is there something in your process of performance management that has to change for some reason um, so that you can measure people in this new way? So considering that, like if you want to have a new, I worked with an organization who was putting in a new feedback um, system and they wanted this ongoing continuous feedback to happen. Well, then their performance management system that sort of just had those conversations once a year doesn't really align with this new way of doing things. So how do you change your, they had to change their whole performance management system to have it more happen on a more continual basis so that it aligned with this new culture that they wanted to put in place of continuous feedback. So those are the sets of questions. Your next steps are then to take action, of course, revise the rules as needed, develop your training and coaching you need to acquire new skills and align those performance management and recruiting processes to reinforce the new expectations and skills. That is the performance conversation. Get out there and have it.